Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone, where we're going to be talking about the third episode of I, Claudius, What Shall We Do About Claudius? Uh, this episode, uh, you know, like a lot of them, it has uh, sort of two basic threads running through it. The first is the disaster of the Teutoburg Forest, where three Roman legions are destroyed, and the other one is... Livia is attempting to eliminate Posthumus as the uh, as the clear heir to Augustus's role, um, and so we even see where Augustus essentially says directly to Posthumus during the episode that that uh, he wants him to succeed him, and uh, Livia overhears and she uh, she de- devises a really nefarious scheme where she gets Lavilla, uh, Claudius's sister to uh seduce posthumus which she's already been doing so she's really just kind yeah. of using the existing situation and lavilla then accuses posthumus of rape uh in the middle of the act everybody rushes in she plants a dagger that was that she took from his house and uh and posthumus gets exiled uh but he escapes before his exile and he tells claudius about it and there's also a minor thread in the story about Claudius trying to write a um, uh, the history of of his father and grandfather, which is sort of more the overarching story in the overall series. But uh, but he gets to meet uh, uh, Liv- Livian Pollio, and he uh, and but his history is taken by Livia, and uh, you know and he's and he's 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 given the advice uh, from from Pollio and from Posthumus to uh, to play the fool. So that he can avoid, um, uh, you know, being poisoned like 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 his father or grandfather, according to Polio. Um, so I know that was a fairly sloppy retelling of the of the episode. But what did you think, Adam? Yeah, this is this is a, a very good episode. I mean, it uh, it it's interesting. Cause it's one where things are kind of brought out into the open a little bit. I mean, you have Claudius's conversation with the historians where. You know, where he just gets that advice you talked about, where Claudius learns about the poisoning for the first time, and uh, and of course with Posthumus, you have Posthumus is the the first person on the show to attempt standing up to Livia and saying, "Look, can't you see what she's doing?" And it's, uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, it doesn't achieve anything, but it's it's an interesting uh, episode with these things coming more to the forefront. Yeah, yeah, because it clearly, like like Claudius, this is where he really becomes aware of, of what's actually going on. And that scene with the two scholars, that's one of my favorite scenes <laughs> yeah. in the series. I always remember that scene. So he, 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 he's at the library, and we see Asinius Pollio and Titus Livius. And they're sort of like the—they're kind of presented as an odd couple here, where, <laughs> where Livy is a little bit more temperamental and arrogant, and Pollio is a little bit more of a playful old man. And, yeah. and Pollio clearly takes more of a liking to Claudius uh, when uh, Pollio asks Claudius, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, when he when Claudius recognizes them and says that they're the two great historians uh, of Rome, you know, which one he prefers. And he says, well, you can't like both equally you know, you have to you have to choose. And and, <laughs> and Claudius Claudius says it's de- it depends and initially, Pollio is like, oh, he's just a coward. He, he can't even give his opinion. He says, no, you know, for beauty of language, I would go with Livy. But for, for accuracy and interpretation of the facts, I would go with Pollio. And for historians, 
the the better the, the more flattering uh, uh, statement is the one that he gives to Polio. You know, a historian wants to have their interpretation of the facts be praised. They're not as concerned about the beauty of language. In fact, historians are generally kind of uh, huh. a little bit suspicious of historians who write too beautifully. So, yeah. so Livy is infuriated and he, uh, he, he sort of storms off. And then to add insult, Claudius corrects him because he was looking for, um, he was looking, when he comes into the library, he says he's looking for uh, a book by Polemocles uh, that's a commentary on Polybius's military tactics. And uh, Claudius says, uh, you know, it's actually, um, where is it? It's, it's actually, uh, um, uh, Pol- Polemocrates uh, dissertation on tactics and he's a Jew not a Greek and uh, and you know L- L- Livy's <laughs> Livy is really upset and says um, you know I, I I don't take you know I don't take kindly to being corrected so I hope you're right and uh, but it's, yeah. it's it's a really fun scene it, 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 it is and I think one, one part I like you missed is you know when when after after uh, Claudius gives his opinion on uh on each of the historians you know and it's like oh now you please neither of us yeah and it's like oh i i was looking to tell the truth i wasn't yeah. looking to please anyone and i was like oh well that's 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 a you'll make a good historian <laughs> and, and that and that's that's one of the central themes of the of the series and i think that's why that scene yes. stands out so much is that claudius yes. is really like his whole thing is the truth he's looking for the truth and 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 again Today, that's kind of a quaint idea, but I think it's starting to come back into fashion where people are starting to understand the value of objective truth. And, yeah. and that's, what, that's what Claudius stands for. He stands for this belief that there is a real truth out there and he's trying to seek it. And, and, the, um, and the, I think the, uh, just the way the scene is done is just so wonderful. It's also the way that these historical figures just walk onto the stage <laughs> and... And, it, and it, again, it's not done in a stately way. They're done like this. This could be pulled out of a sitcom. The way that the the way that Livy and Polio are interacting with each other. Yeah, it's it, it's a, it's a very charming moment in the show. Um, and, uh, and 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 my retelling of it does not do it justice. But it it no. You don't even you don't even really need to know who they are either. The yeah. first time I watched the show and I was a lot younger, I wasn't familiar with either of these characters, yeah. but the scene, the scene just works fantastically, whether you, you are familiar with them at all. Yeah. And it's also the kind of scene I think you, 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 with this series, some people you'll probably be familiar with some people you won't, but what it's going to do is it's going to give you a reason to be interested in those figures when you do mm-hmm. try to learn about them. So if you don't know who Livy is, you certainly will have a mental image in your mind. It'll make you curious, uh, you know. So, and I find that with all the characters. Do you know what I mean? I think I think yeah. like uh, for example, when I first saw this, I don't think I knew who Sejanus was. Um, mm. You know, and, yeah. and mm. I I I immediately became very interested in and then i was amazed to find out that there was a real sejanus and you know all these all these really interesting things happened around him um you know it was uh so so i you know this is the kind of show where i think i think it oper- it works well at all levels if you know who all the people are it's it's going to be interesting for you but it's interesting if you are just being introduced to them through the show and then you can go and learn about them um it's kind of it's kind of like the show almost can function as a weird mnemonic device because it's introducing you to so many important figures that you'll yeah. uh, that when you encounter them when you if you read about Rome later 
they'll stick in your head a little better. Um, just like if you've seen Spartacus, you're not you know when you when you read a, you know when you read the history of Rome and you get to Spartacus, you'll know who they're talking about. Um, exactly. So, but what were some of the other uh, uh, things that you thought were 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 good in in this episode? Ah, uh, let's see. General question there. Uh, well, to go back, one thing was notable. You, you brought up in an earlier episode how there was going to be at some point uh, somewhere in the show where Livia talks about her feelings about the mm. previous civil wars and, uh, you know, and bringing stability with an emperor and so on. And I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that scene because once he does say all the words, mm-hmm. but... I feel like still her whole motivation is just to put Tiberius in charge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just, I, I just wonder how much is that anything she feels and how much is that a part of her drawing someone yeah. into her side? Cause she just goes, Hey, I just want my son to be, you know, she, she needs to put it. She needs to put some favorable spin to win her over yeah. to her side. And so, I mean, you know, maybe there's a kernel of truth in there, but I feel like, I feel like Livia does so many things. Every time, every time she assassinates someone, she, you know, it, it never quite happens. But there's always the potential that if it was, this yeah. was exposed, you'd be blowing this whole thing up. You know, you'd be you'd be destroying Rome. And so it's like I can't really buy stability as her end real result. Well, and and she makes a somewhat disingenuous argument there because she uh, she says that. Augustus is, is so the so 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 just to set up the stage because this is a really crucial scene. Uh, mm. Livia at the beginning of the episode she spots that Lavilla and Postumus are exchanging glances at the family dinner, and mm-hmm. Lavilla is married to Castor, who's Tiberius's son, and uh, Postumus is Agrippa and Julia's son, and and so uh, Livia has once she recognizes this she sees a path to getting rid of Postumus so that Tiberius will have a, a clear, uh, unhindered road to the to the throne. Uh, so what she ends up doing is she she summons Lavilla to her uh, to her room, and she essentially does the same thing she did to her that uh, that she had done to Lucius, I think, earlier in the previous episode. Right? Was that was that Lucius that she had done that to um, uh... with Julia? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, it was a ste- yeah, definitely a similar move there, definitely. And and so she she basically says, "I know what you guys are doing. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you do this scandalous thing? You know." And 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 uh, and and Lavilla weeps and apologizes and says, "I'll never do it again." She says, "Ah, don't be so hasty. Don't be so hasty." Uh, you know. And 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 so she <laughs> she she does this thing that she always does, where she sort of. Pre- it's sort of feigned sincerity, but but there's like a little kernel of truth to the sincerity as well. And mm-hmm. and she says, um, you know, can I speak to you as a as a grown woman now? And she says, you know, the, you know, and then she tells her about the horrors of the Civil War and how there was all this instability and 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 how you know the thing that will that will prevent the instability from returning is having a single person at the helm. But if there's any doubt about the the you know who's next in line there will be factions in civil war again and so her job is to remove any doubt and the the presently the doubt is to is because augustus is sort of 
sw- you know, moving back and forth between Tiberius and, and Postumus. And we see no evidence of this at all. All we see is is uh, Augustus's disdain for for yeah. Tiberius and and that he uh, and, and 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 it even clearly states to Postumus, I intend to make you my heir, basically. There's a scene hmm. where and, and Olivia overhears it. So she's clearly making a disingenuous argument. Um, and so I, I still think that ultimately Livia is, I, I think there's more to it than she's just trying to put Tiberius in the throne. I think she, I think she, I think she thinks she can do that and preserve Rome at the same time. And I don't think, I think she's, I think she's underestimating, uh, the risks that she's taking and overestimating her own abilities to to control it because I think she's a, a powerful character who believes in her own ability to manipulate everybody uh, without mm-hmm. fail and and as we see that I mean to a degree she succeeds but but as she ages the, uh, her abilities there diminish and she she makes a few serious mistakes in judgment of people. Um, mm-hmm. But up until this point, she's been pretty successful at what she's doing. She doesn't have any reason to doubt her own abilities, really. Um, you know, there have been a couple of hiccups along the way, but she's even got Tiberius back after after being. Yeah. Well, see, my my feeling is I, I my feeling is the cracks are already showing, and that you even have people, you know, like you have you have the historians there willing to talk to Claudius about yeah. her poisoning and stuff, which is goes back to my stability thing. It's like she's she's already made it to the point where if Tiberius becomes emperor, people are gonna go, Well, he only got there because her mother murdered everyone who would have been a good candidate. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like she's already you know, it's it's like her her path to putting Tiberius on the throne is by making everyone doubt his well, <laughs> his true true right to have no, it. <laughs> and I don't think you're wrong. And I think the show, I, I mean, very interesting thing about the show is to watch Claudius's response to Livia. Um, because we're really supposed to see this through the eyes of Claudius, I think. Mm-hmm. And there is a strong love-hate respect thing going on with Livia as, as, a, as a figure in his life where he clearly mm-hmm. hates her. Like he clearly has these, I mean, he has powerful negative feelings towards her. But he also is very dutiful towards her, um, yeah. And 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 there's a degree of sympathy towards her from Claudius. And so, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it, well, well, as I think, you know, Livia eventually passes away over the course of the show. And so I think by that point we'll have a we'll have more room for discussion. But I I think you're right in that I, I you know the, the argument she was making here was clearly self-serving. Um, it's yeah, and it's it's ambiguous, I mean, which is interesting. It's like I, I like it when you know you can't completely nail down what's going on in Livia's head. That's a a good thing about the yeah. show. So yeah, you know, either interpretation can be argued, but I, uh, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And uh, and I and I think, but I think I think it's an interesting scene. It's also interesting that like, I think Lavilla is just a diminutive form of Livia, right? So. You know, it's it's, it's it, it, they're kind of mirroring these characters. Oh yeah, yeah they're sort yeah. of you know she's like a pale imitation of Livia is how I always see Lavilla. Um, yeah, you know? yeah. And so it's it's a um, it, and 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 it's it's it, there's also a cool line in here because Lavilla is is present. So so number one, they 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 say 
uh, in the episode that she's 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 meant to be very beautiful. And the actress playing her is very beautiful. Um, and historically, that's what they that's uh, something that's uh, noted about La Villa. Um, and so in the scene, you know, when uh, Livia compliments her beauty, she says, I heard that you were, you know, once, you know, the most beautiful woman in the world or something to that effect. And she says, well, no, there was one other woman. And, mm-hmm. and she and she hints at, you know, she, but she was in Egypt. And so she's clearly talking about Cleopatra. But then yeah. she says, but she, you know, but she never lasted. And I'm still around. Yeah. You know, and so. <laughs> So, so I think it's a, it was an interesting moment in the show. Um, but, uh, but also the other thing that happens this episode, very important, is the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest, where uh, a courier arrives, I, I think late at night. I can't remember exactly what's going on, but he arrives late at night, and Augustus is kind of annoyed. He, he, he sort of, you know, the, the courier's dirty. He's like, why haven't you bathed? And it's, slow, it's like not dawning on him quite yet. Like, Yeah, well, he usually too is, is angry. He's like, oh, you want me to read read these now? What, what? I'm going to bed. You know, it's like he's just, it's it's uh, such a such an interesting attitude he has at this point in the show. And um, and so uh, he, he says that uh, um, he basically reports that uh, uh, Quintilius Varus's legions have been destroyed. Three legions were destroyed in a in a in a in a boneheaded move, and uh, and 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 only one officer kept his head. Uh, Cassius Caria, who we are going to want to remember that name. Cassius Caria is a, an important person down the road in this story, um, and they only, they just kind of name drop him. You can, you can you you might not even notice it, but they plant the seed there, um, and and he's basically the guy who sent the courier there. And Augustus almost loses his mind over this. Like the th- the loss of these three legions, uh, Gaul is completely exposed now, and I mean it's just a complete military disaster. And this is like a this is a very significant Roman military defeat. Um, so 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 yeah. So it was, it was an interesting interesting moment in the show, and uh, and and uh, Augustus has to spend the rest of the episode sort of you know sending. Germanicus and Tiberius to deal with it. He, first, he sends Tiberius, and he gets one of Tiberius's reports, and you know he, he he's not impressed at all, and he uh, <laughs> he says he's just building bridges all day, and you know just, you know just doing drills, and uh, and Livia's trying to calm him, and so he wants to send Postumus as a as a criticism, basically, and Livia talks him into sending Germanicus, and and all these things with Postumus eventually happen, and so. He, you know, posthumous. yeah. Of course, she she needs posthumous at home so she can carry out her plan. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny to see how calm she is in that scene and not giving any real indication of uh, of her actual intentions to Augustus. Mm-hmm. And it's also interesting no. to see that they're they're like a they're they're kind of an elderly bickering couple now, um, where she's interfering yeah. with his military decisions and he and he's furious that she's you know telling him who to send and. Uh, and he's just and 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 it's clear that Augustus is sort of the one who is flustered and Livia is the one who's kind of in control. Um, but the potential yeah, for her the, to go ahead, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. OK, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, the balance has shifted, like I said, in the in the earlier, you know, it was brought up at the end of the last episode that Augustus's mind is starting to go. That was specifically stated. And it's like in the at the beginning of the show. 
Augustus was seemed to a lot of the times be kind of aware when Livia was trying to manipulate him, whereas now now she can just kind of play him, and he's just he just can't keep up with her at yeah. all really anymore. Even even he gets blustery and angry, but he uh, he doesn't 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 really see her angles anymore. Though she though we also do kind of see the seeds of her being pushed out a little bit by Augustus uh, down the road. There's a point where he that's true he, where he sort of that's reclaims true. things. Obviously, he fails in the end, but but we see sort of you know in that scene where they're bickering and she's encroaching on his military decision. I think that's also sort of where that doubt is starting to really form in his mind. Um, another thing that happens too, because the name of the episode is "What Shall We Do About Claudius," and what that's actually referring to is what to do about his seating at the games in honor of his father, because. They're going to have games honoring Drusus Nero, uh, you know, some a gladiatorial uh, match, and uh, and so uh, Livia is asking Augustus, "What do we do about, you know, he's he's a public embarrassment? So can we do we do, where does he sit in in your box? You know, Augustus has his box at the at the at the arena, and and she and so they decide to, to position him in the back, um, and he still ends up making a fool of himself." Um, uh, so, and at the games, we get some interesting details. Number one, Claudius falls over, um, you know, which is I- entirely expected. But unexpected, Augustus says, that happened to me once, which, yeah. which is kind of a curious line. Um, I, I like I like Olivia completely, like, pretending not to remember. It's like she clearly remembers, but we're not talking about that. You know, she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't, she doesn't want that topic brought up. It's not a reminiscence she cares to, cares to enjoy <laughs> well, and a recurring thing in the show that becomes clear is is Claudius Claudius begins to basically make all of the mistakes that Augustus made. Do you know what I mean? He he has he has a lot of the same flaws. He 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 essentially becomes Augustus in a way over the course of the hmm. of the show. Um, and so I thought that line is very interesting because it's really I mean we've seen hints of it before, but this is really the first explicit. Oh, I did something exactly the same as Claudius once, and you know it kind of t- connects them. In a, yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that is a that is a nice, uh, nice, nice uh, thing behind the scene there. Well, because I mean, Cl- Claudius has all the same woman problems that Augustus ends up having. You know, he has the the the, the bl- this, He's wearing this. He ends up wearing the same exact blinders that that Augustus does. He ends up essentially being this. You know, a similar kind of ruler in a lot of ways, um, mm-hmm. and 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 definitely. You know, even though the character has very strong Republican sentiment early on in the show, by the time he's emperor, that's you know he he still holds on to it as like something like almost like a uh, uh, something you might adorn yourself with to, to make you to, yeah. to separate yourself from others. But he's not at all. There's there's no real effort made to to, to restore the republic. Um, you know, uh, so so anyways, uh, you know. We'll, We'll get yeah, to that well, for that matter, that. too, it's, you know, I mean, even Augustus has that. Augustus has his moment earlier in the series where he's like, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for yeah. me to step down. And so so even even that is a connection. Augustus is a guy. There's somewhere in his brain where he's like, yeah, I'm going to bring the Republic back someday. <laughs> but, but no, it's never going to happen. So so it was a throwaway line, but it was interesting. But we also see Herod in the in the box and Herod and, and Augustus make a bet. And we get to see everybody's reaction to the fights. And the only one yeah. who has any trouble with watching the bloodshed is Claudius. There were, everybody else is pretty 
interested in the in the carnage. And of course, it has it has uh, the good setup there with uh, you know his discussion with Herod, where Claudius is explaining. It's like, no, this is perfectly fine. It's religious ritual and yeah. blah blah blah. And he's it's like intellectually, he's so on board yeah. with this. But when he actually sees the thing, the real thing itself, it's like, oh, I totally can't handle it. Well, <laughs> and what's even more interesting too about that is this is a point in time when it's established in the show, and I think this matches up pretty good with the history. But I have heard a lot of different things, and I know that the 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 interpretation of gladiator stuff is kind of seems to always be shifting but uh Mm -hmm. but in the in the show we know that they've kind of gone wwe at this point with a lot of what they do and so livia actually goes before the i think there's a guild that she uh uh like a gladiator guild of some kind who she uh before the game speaks to and she says look I don't want any of these tricks anymore. Like the, the, the games are being degraded by increasing use of professional tricks to stay alive. And so she says she doesn't want any kiss in the ring stuff. And she ends up offering them freedom and coin basically. If they, if they, if they put on a good show. Um, And she, you know, she even points out like she knows all the tricks, like the pig's bladder with the, with the (laughs) sheep's blood and, and all, and all this stuff. So, uh, so, so what Claudius is probably watching is probably a real, actual, violent uh, death match of some kind. Um, yeah. Because she she yeah. puts an end to any. It, it removes any doubt on the viewer that what Claudius is seeing is uh, is fake blood. Um, so I always kind of like that scene because I I feel like it holds up given a lot of the conversations you see now around you know how real gladiator fights were. It's sort of an interesting. Uh, you know, interesting way to deal with it in the show. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and also I did like the stuff with Herod because Herod's a really interesting character and it's mm-hmm. not really, there's not really a big exchange, but he and Augustus talk about the gods and he talks about, you know, the, the God, uh, you know, the, 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 the God of the Jews and, um, and, 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 and Augustus, you know, saying, well, why don't you just take one of our gods? You know, you, yeah. you, know, you know, we, <laughs> we have, have so plenty. many. And, <laughs> and he says, oh, no, no, our God is, is more than enough. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very, just to see him thread that diplomatic line is, is, was, was interesting. Uh, you, you get a lot yeah. of, you get a lot of information about his character in that scene. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I know. Uh, oh, and and the other thing that happens this episode is is Claudius gets married to uh, Ugula Nilla, um, and the name kind of says it all. Uh, in the book, <laughs> in the book, you really learn a lot more about her character. She's uh, she's a much more important figure, and I think she's even. I think it's even suggested that she resembles Tiberius, and she might be Tiberius's legitimate daughter. But okay. um, but. Uh, but in the show, the one thing we know about her is she's like seven feet tall, and <laughs> and it, and it, and it and it's a very embarrassing moment for Claudius where when they're getting married, they both stand up and she's just towering over him, and everybody starts laughing. Even 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 Claudius's friend Agrippa is laughing hysterically at this. Um, yeah. So it's it's a you know for him it's a pretty embarrassing moment, and the episode opened up with him just kind of staring off into the distance. And at the end of the episode, it closes with the what he's staring at is that he's kind of like looking at that scene. He's reflecting on on that moment, and uh, and and so it's a um, you know it's a deeply embarrassing scene for him. Um, and 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 Livia, you know, sort of leads the the humor with uh, a line about how she just kept growing and growing and growing because because yes. the marriage was arranged when when they were like nine. 
So, so yeah, I yeah. thought. Oh, go go ahead. I'll say I thought another good uh, interaction between Livia and Claudius was the one right at the beginning of the episode where Claudius is uh, set his set his his cup down. And then, like about a minute later, she, he like you know gets up and like spills it all over the floor. She's like, "I was wondering when you would get around to knocking that out." It's, like, it's just such a, a funny. It's like you know, it's such a classic kind of thing where you see someone put something somewhere precarious. You're just you're just waiting for it to fall. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and Livia would definitely notice that. And yes, yeah. and also to see him, he he gets on his knees and tries to help the slaves clean up, and it just yeah. makes the situation even worse. <laughs> and then, and then she's furious that he's doing the slaves' work. So it's, uh-huh. uh, it, 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 but it's also a scene that's like it's very like I think a lot of people have been in the situation he was in. I know I have. I know. Oh I, yeah. I, you know anybody anybody who's had a clumsy moment where you just exacerbate it by trying to make it better, and uh, you know, <laughs> it, so he, he's a very sympath like I don't know. He's a very easy character to identify with, Claudius. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But yeah, so uh, but we get all the important stuff. We get we get a lot of the um, we, we get we get the clumsiness and the uh, the twitching and the stammering that uh, we, you know was apparent when he was a kid. But now you really like you know in in uh, Der- Derek Jacoby's uh, hands, it's uh, uh, you know it, it it's a really good performance, I think. Um, and yeah. I think this is the this is the first episode, right, where we really get to see it. So um, yeah, we've we've only had the uh, you know the 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 frame scenes with him as an old man. This is the first scene where we get to see him young, and it's the it's the first oh sorry the first episode where we get to see him as a young man, and uh, it's also the first. I mean, he was a character in the previous episode, but he was very much just a uh, uh, a sideline. They had the kid playing him, and he you know. Like I said, I mean, his his stammer was a lot more apparent because he's actually engaging with characters fully in scenes in this episode in a way that he isn't in others. And uh, and appa- and it's interesting too because it's a appa- like um, the uh, there's a distinction drawn between a, a stutter and a stammer in this in this uh, in this series. I know that. Uh, and I think it's Jacoby, right? I think I mispronounced his name just now. But, it is Jacoby. Uh, but yeah, I but you. there was an interview with Derek Jacoby where he uh, where he explained that you know you, you, the dip, you know how he learned about the difference between the two, and that he's you know this was more of a stammer. And my sister had a, a stutter as a kid, so I always I always thought it was kind of um, you know is it, it interesting. Um, I, I uh, and and I, and I like the way I don't know the. Uh, what I like about the way when he stammers in the show is number one, I, 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 he does a very good job of it, but also I like watching the characters reactions as they're waiting for him to finish what he's saying, because that tells you so much about the other characters. You kind of get a sense of what they think about him, how patient they are with that sort of thing. And so, so it was very good, but I, I thought overall a very good episode. And, um, and I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, you know we're coming up on the thirty minute mark, so time for us to, to head out. Um, I don't know any any closing thoughts before we do so. Ah, uh, no, I think that about covers it for me. Um, I guess the only other thing I wanted to add is we did get we got a, cu- a couple of interesting points of comparison here that were that were reflective each of each other. We got the um, the scene with Polio and Livy where you have the two historians being sort of contrasted. But there's also a scene where Horace is delivering a poem at the start of the episode. 
and uh, and I apologize. The phone is ringing in the background. I can't do anything about it. But uh, but Horace is um, uh, is is delivering a, uh, a a poem, and and Augustus uh, d- sort of praises Horace, and then starts talking about Ovid and saying that Ovid is too smutty for his tastes, and and so it's a nice little uh, sort of you know. Uh, Two, two, two figures, uh, you know, historians and poets, sort of contrasted with each other. Uh, yeah, it was another another kind of nice point of casting things in contemporary for the time terms, because I mean, those were just those those things were exactly the kind of things my grandmother would say during the seventies about, oh, you know, this, you know, you say, yeah, that person can sing, but it, this music is just so smutty yeah. and stuff, yeah. you know, kind of with the whole. 60s 70s vibe that was going on at the time it uh it really uh really kind of you know like i said it's just one of those points where they're just trying to make the the era more relatable to people yeah, in no, the 70s it, it was it was it was an amusing scene and also you know as you know if you know about Ovid, you know it's an appropriate kind of oh yeah uh, it know, is it's, uh, it's... <laughs> but uh but 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 I, I like but that's what i like about again I, we mentioned it earlier but like i like how when they bring historical figures into the into the into the scene it's done in a way where they feel like real characters they don't it doesn't feel like oh we have to be all you know uh in awe of augustus we can we can we can put this fun line of dialogue in the mouth of augustus and it works you know what i mean um it it wouldn't be like if 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 I, you know, it, it's intuitive now because we know of the series. But if this had never been done, and if the books had never been written, I, I feel like it wouldn't be a natural, intuitive thing to 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 have to characterize Augustus in this way. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a very yeah. unusual move. In fact, it was one of the things I I liked the the series Rome, but one of the things I really hated about it was the different characterization of Augustus in that. Um, it was kind of an interesting take on him. But I felt like this was such a superior approach. Oh yeah, I um, I, I, I I liked the uh, interpretation as far as being a TV show in the first season, if I remember in HBO's Rome. I, I I remember they switched actors as he got older, and I, I I can't remember specifics. It's been too long since I watched it. I need to go back and watch it again. But I I seem to remember the. Uh, the second actor seemed weaker to me. They but, played uh, him as like cold and I don't know. It was it was almost like they were trying to make him like marble. Do you know what I mean? Like by the yeah, time, I, and, I I agree. I agree. But, but then they threw in like a weird BDSM thing between him and Livia that didn't make a lot of sense. Like it never was. I didn't like not that I objected to it being there, but I didn't understand why it was there. It just didn't. Yeah. I think that was, like I said, I think that was the second season uh, yeah. version of the character with a different it, actor. It was like so. it was. It was like the 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 obligatory HBO sexiness that they had to throw in, and I don't mind that if it adds something. Like if it's if it's like adding something to it, but when it's when it was just kind of thrown in, it was sort of like, wait, why is that there? It's it's. It, because uh, it seems significant, but it, it wasn't ever really explained. Yeah, well, there was there was definitely obligatory sexiness in that show. I can't remember which character it was, but, but I remember one character they 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 kind of made her into Julia from I Claudius. Oh like yeah, they were, Ju- Julia of the Adii. Did wasn't that who they? Uh, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Which but see, didn't, but see, that didn't bother me as much because it made sense for the character that they were. You know what I mean? Like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember the other stuff and like the stuff with um, who was the. Uh, 
who was the big sort of awkward guy in uh in Rome? I mean, there were two there were two centurions or two soldiers that were the main characters, and one of them was tall and kind of goofy, and the other yeah. one was um more serious. Was Apollo? Was that his name? Oh, I could I, I could can't not remember, remember but their he, names. But after he had all a lot of, he had a lot of scenes at brothels and stuff. And those made yeah. total sense because of his character. I, I, you know, I didn't have any objection to him. It was just the stuff with. It was like I didn't. I just didn't get the, the stuff they were doing with Livia and Augustus. It just didn't make sense. I honestly, I can't remember it that well. I, uh, it's, I, I, it is a show I need to need to watch again sometime. But uh, actually, in the books, in the um, you don't see this in the series, but in the uh, I Claudia story. The the reason that Augustus and Livia have no children is because he's impotent around her. So you know you can do interesting things with that stuff, but like in mm. that, but but that made there's a certain amount of sense in that. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. you know, and you can you can delve into it in a number of ways. Whether it's just you know he's he's intimidated by her, or he feels guilty because of the circumstances in which they got married, uh, yeah. you know, uh, or other things. But um. Uh, you know, you know, so so I mean, it's not like that stuff is absent um, from the material even in here, but it just is done in a more interesting way, I think. Um, but but anyways, I don't know. At some point, maybe we'll do Rome as well when we. Uh, yeah, we I'd be up for that. But uh, but yeah, so uh, so I guess we'll head out and we'll be back on. I think probably what on Sunday with episode four, which is this is the best. This is one of the best titles. Poison is queen. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna get into some very interesting stuff soon. So um, yeah, we're gonna we're, we're we're leading up to the Sejanus and then the Caligula and, and you know all all the all the fun bits. So uh, all right, so so we will let you go and we will talk to you later. <laughs>